Well, good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday, January the 20th, 2021. And uh, got some great Bible study tonight. We're going to be in Core 52, uh, Chapter 28. I hope that's the one you uh, read and uh, have been uh, been following. And uh, we're going to open up in a word of prayer. Today's been an exciting day, I'm sure, on uh, Facebook and the media and all of the uh, festivities that has been taking place <laughs> today. And uh, so we, uh, we want to uh, lift up all those in leadership in prayer and ask God to heal us in our land. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us and Father, I thank you for those that are in authority. Lord, your word tells us to lift up, to first of all, pray for those who are in authority over us. And so we start with the President of the United States, Lord, and uh, we ask that you would comfort him, surround him with your angels, surround him with your word, Lord. Make sure, Lord, that he knows you and senses your presence in the decisions that he has to make, Lord, in the uh, direction that he wants to take our country, I would pray that he would check it with you first. And I thank you, Father, for uh, this day, this uh, day in history. We lift up all of those, the vice president, we lift up those in the cabinet and the Senate. We lift them all up to you, Lord. We pray for peace that passes all understanding and we pray for loyalty and guidance and direction on their behalf towards you as we remain one nation under God. And Lord, help us to stay one nation under God. We lift up all those in our military, Lord. We lift up all those in law enforcement. We pray for your protection, your guidance, your hand upon them as they protect our cities and our streets and they protect our lives in the freedom that you have given us so that we can share the good news, that we can do that which we're even doing right now, which is uh, sharing the good news uh, any way that we can, in person or through technology. And uh, we give you praise and honor and glory. Be with us this evening, Lord. Enlighten our minds and our hearts and our ideas. Teach us through your Holy Spirit and teach us your truth. In Jesus' precious name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. And uh, so we're going to get close. <laughs> so um, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about this Bible study on faith. And uh, uh, I know uh, one of the sportscasters, I mean, I don't know the sportscaster personally, uh, but I know of a sportscaster that always closes his uh, segment with um, and keep the faith. And uh, so tonight we want to talk about faith. We want to talk about, um, well, and let me just give you I'm who I am. I'm Arthur, Pastor Arthur, and uh, so that's all you need to know about me. <laughs> and uh, um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go into Mark chapter one. In fact, this lesson is being brought to us by uh, Mark, uh, the book. 
Core 52. And Pastor Mark Moore wrote the book, 52 Lessons That Will Sharpen and Enhance Your Understanding of Biblical Principles. And uh, tonight's it's on faith. And so what is faith? In Mark chapter 1, verses 15, 115, or verses 15, Jesus and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. To repent and believe in the good news. Understand this is words that Jesus was speaking. And so when we when we look at what is faith, we've, we've come to ask the question, you know, we would think, isn't it obvious what faith is? But if you really stop and you ask somebody what is faith, I'm sure we could get a lot of different answers. We, we have another book that we use often, which is the Bible, uh, what the Bible says to the believer in a little handbook. And, and this one is, is a chapter and a, a section on there on you and your faith. And uh, you are to live faith you are, to, you are to live by faith day by day, not by feelings and emotions. So is, is uh, faith something other than our feelings and emotions? What, what, is, what is faith? And as we look into some of the other scriptures, and, and there's different uh, uh, ideas of, of how to capsulate what uh, our faith is and and when we think about it, isn't it obvious? Well, maybe not so much. You know, faith has been, uh, in our lesson tonight, faith has been reduced to belief. And so we, we take that as the simple answer. Well, what is faith? Well, it's my belief, my belief in Jesus Christ. You know, hold the faith, keep the faith. Make sure you hold on to your belief in God. And uh, is that enough? Is that... Uh, all there is to it is it is it just simply our belief and the working of belief or can it be a little bit deeper a, a rational recognition that Jesus died and rose from the dead doesn't always translate into a transformed life or into a life that's transformed if we rest on this idea of faith has been reduced to belief and then we come and we understand, well, just if I acknowledge and, and I have a belief that Jesus died and rose from the dead, that doesn't necessarily translate into a life that is transformed. James 2.19 tells us, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. And so belief is not enough. The demons believe, but do they have a life transformed into the Imago Dei, into the godliness and holiness of God? Well, I don't think so. And so as we look at that, rationalism equates faith to right thinking. And, and I looked up rationalism and, uh, you know, the principle or habit of accepting reason as the supreme authority in matters of opinion, belief, or contact, uh, conduct. Uh, under philosophy, uh, and then theology, the doctrine that human reason, unaided by divine revelation, is an adequate or the sole guide of all attainable religious truth. Unaided by division, divine revelation. So a, a, a rationalism of, uh, of, of faith to, to just simply right thinking. <clears throat> well, uh, extensionalists. 
existentialists equate it to personal experience. And, and so we could, we could think in terms of that, a philosophy, a philosophical movement that stresses the individual's unique position as a self-determining agent responsible for making meaningful, authentic choices in a universe seen as purposeful or irrational. Existentialism is associated especially with Heidegger, Jasper Marshall, all these great philosophers or famous philosophers. Um, and so um, as a form of belief and a faith and understanding faith, but neither reaches the depth of biblical faith. And so we come to the table of, well, what is the biblical faith that we so desire? And, and, uh, um, and again, as I go back to, to the handbook, to the, what the Bible says to the believer, you know, it gives us uh, some really good instruction of living by faith, fellowshipping with God, living by faith is heeding God's warning, living by faith is obeying God, even when you cannot see the way. Living by faith is trusting God to guide and provide for you as you walk day by day. So all of those are good ideas of, of and understandings of walking by faith, but it doesn't take us deep enough to a true biblical level of faith that Pastor Moore presents in Core 52, which gives us some real powerful things to consider tonight. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now faith. See, faith that we have right now is the assurance. So two things here, assurance and conviction. There needs to be an assurance, a knowing, uh, an experiencing of things hoped for and the conviction, the deep down resolution of it in our heart and in our mind, even of things not seen. So there's a level of faith that, that, that all of a sudden goes beyond what we can touch or smell or taste or logically uh, think about or conceptualize. Now faith, that faith that works right now in our lives and things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. But in 11.6, verse 11.6, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So there's more to just having a belief that is equated to faith. There's also the pursuit of God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, without this deep biblical faith and this understanding. And, and But what is that? If I'm, if I'm seeking to, to please God, well, how, how can I do it if I don't have an understanding of what faith is? Or, or what is that faith that, is, that this is being described as something that will move me into a place where he is pleased with me? So one is, is in he who comes to God. So that's a, a step of coming towards God. The Bible tells us that if you will uh, come to me, I will, I will come to you. <laughs> I will make myself known unto you. And, uh, uh, and as we come to God, that we have to also believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Kind of understanding his character, kind of understanding his nature, understanding that uh, that also as we seek him, and what will he be rewarding us 
with. Maybe financial rewards, maybe material rewards, maybe spiritual insights, maybe just the presence of God, not just the presence of God, but maybe the presence of God. And that, uh, that all of a sudden the peace that passes all understanding because of Christ Jesus resonating in our life and, and changing our circumstances and our, our moments of despair, that is being rewarded. Much more and in, in, in much greater and grandier way than uh, just getting a check written to you for a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> you know, and so, so there's some, some biblical principles here of faith. Uh, in the book, in this chapter, uh, Pastor Moore talks about Flavius Josephus, a Jewish aristocrat around the time of Paul, became a general during a, a Jewish revolt against the Romans. And Flavius uh, fought against Vespasian, who would become uh, emperor. And Jeso Je uh, Josephus was badly beaten by Vespasian. And he did not kill him, but he used him as political propaganda. <laughs> and, uh, you know, wow, it's kind of uh, concurrent, I think, in our culture, in our state of affairs. Um, and because of that, um, as... As time goes on, and this is all taken from an account of his own autobiography, uh, Jehoshaphat was <clears throat> appointed a general and sent from Jerusalem to Galilee to speak with the rebel leaders. And those opposing Jehoshaphat's leadership hired a man to attack him. And they, that man's name was actually Jesus, but not related to, not the Jesus that we uh, uh, come to serve. <laughs> not, not Jesus God. <laughs> And uh, and Jehoshaphat or Je Jehoseph, uh, Josephus learned of the attack, and he thwarted it. Okay, so he understood. He he came aware of the plot, and he counterattacked it. He went to the attacker, um, and I think it talks about how he dealt with him. He, he went to him and he told him basically, "Hey, I know what you're up to, and I know how bad it is, and I know what you're going to do." Uh, but here's what, what I'm going to do, is I would forgive him and what he had done already if he would repent of it and be faithful to me hereafter. In, in other words, he, he gave the, the attacker an opportunity to change his allegiance. He's saying to him, you know, I know what you were going to try to do, but I'm not going to hold that against you. If you repent and come and follow me or be on my team, right? And uh, Josephus offered the man a chance to alter his destiny by transferring his loyalties. An excellent summary of biblical faith. Wow. And, and a, an illustration of what God has done basically for us and with us. It is to give us an opportunity to transfer our loyalties. And um, he's saying, repent and be faithful. And the same Greek work, words, actually it's supposed to be words, uh, found in Mark 1.15 is repent and be faithful. And that's what Jesus said to, uh, I, will, I want you to repent. The king, time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so faith takes on a whole nother 
dimension for us. Uh, Josephus wasn't telling his enemy to feel sorry for what he had done. He, he wasn't calling him to a higher moral path. He was challenging him to a new alliance, a new allegiance. And that's what Jesus is called does the same thing. He's challenging us to repent, to change, to believe the good news, the good news, the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ. And that's the working of faith. That's a part of it to, to shift the allegiance to a new master, to offer ourselves completely to God. That's what faith includes. When we, in Hebrews, when we seek after God, when we know that, that we have gone from being on the throne of our own kingdom to now letting God be the ruler of our lives. For us to give ourselves 100% completely to God, to take all of our gifts and all of our, our talents and all of who we are as God had designed us, and not necessarily needing to throw all of that away, but offering it to God to be used by God. To saying, Lord, these are the gifts and the talents that you have given me, and and uh, and I'm I'm giving the service of them and of my life to you completely, because you are my master, you are my lord, you are my king, and because of that, I want to serve you. See, faith is not what Jesus called us to believe. It is a pledge of allegiance that he was asking us to make. And when we think about that, the pledge of allegiance, I, I pledge of allegiance to the flag, right? I, I, I pledge this allegiance. I, I saw a, a YouTube video of a, a, a veteran delivering a package to a house. And while he was there and he was limping up the, the walkway to uh, deliver the packages and he could barely walk and he, he put the packages down and, and uh, on the ground. And, and as he did that, there was a flag, an American flag that the family had on the house that had blown down. And he, he took that flag and he folded it like you would in, uh, a, a normal flag. And he folded it, and he folded it, and he did the best job that he could. And he, then he placed it on the, on, the flat, on the boxes, and then he saluted the flag. And then he limped away back to his car. I, you know, it was, it was just an amazing display of pledging allegiance uh, to a flag. One nation under God. See, we, we still pledge that. And hold and and hold in reservation God as being the ultimate and the authority. Faith is not what Jesus called us to believe. To just say, well, the demons believe. It's not what he called us to. He called us to step into a deeper commitment to that 
level of faith, of, of making a pledge. Faith is fidelity, loyalty, and commitment. It's not just belief. It's having these things play out in our lives directed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Directed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are commandments. Those are commitments. Those are choices that become a part of our faith experience. The loyalty and the commitment that we have to God. Jesus calls us to pledge our allegiance to him, that he is the good news, the new emperor, the new king. Today we sworn in a new emperor, <laughs> a new president of the United States, who will be asking for the allegiance of the American people to follow him, to be led by him, to allow him to, to lead us and to, um, in, in our country, it's the pinnacle highest office in the land. But Jesus holds a greater, higher office. And I'm not diminishing the presidency of the United States, but I guess I am if I'm comparing it to the supremacy of Jesus Christ and the kingdom that God has. And who really is the emperor of, as Colossians tells us, that everything has been made through him, for him, and by him. And this is all about him anyway. It's not about us. It's not about America. It's not about this world. It's not about uh, NASA and the space shuttle and all of the space stations and all of that stuff and going to Mars. And I mean, why do we want to go to Mars? We can't even take care of the people that are here on Earth. You know, but we could take care of them uh, with what we spent to go to Mars. But that's for another Bible study. Jesus calls us to pledge our allegiance to him. Is that what you have done when you say, I have faith in Christ? Is that what you say when, when someone says, well, what is faith? What does it mean to have faith? Oh, it means that I've made a pledge. Of, I've, uh, I've pledged my allegiance. I've taken an oath. I have made a promise. To follow him who is the good news, who is the emperor, who is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And Jesus calls us to pledge our allegiance to him. He is the sovereign, the savior, and the sovereign lord. There is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. It's the, the, the road to our faith and to our eternal life. The single greatest difference between Christianity and all other religions is the fact that God saved us. We did not have to save ourselves. This section is about faith and obedience. And obedience oftentimes is, is uh, confused with works toward salvation. And we have to realize that nobody, everybody's fallen short of the glory of God. That we have been saved by grace and not by ourselves. The saving of our lives is something that Jesus did. The salvation of our soul is a price that Jesus paid, that there isn't anything that anybody else can do other than accept the good news by faith, by now faith. Stepping in and pledging an allegiance to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because 
He died on a cross and he rose again three days later and he is seated at the right hand of the Father even now. And so we we come now from, from that acceptance and that awareness and that commitment to obedience that God has given us and it calls us to us. And, and obedience is not added to faith. It is the natural response of fidelity, that, that word fidelity, loyalty. Our loyalty to God. Obedience of the loyalty to follow him, to read his word, to be uh, salt and light of the earth and to the world. And, and in our goings in and our coming out and in, in every way that we can to preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And in our jobs and in our professions and in our families and wherever we can to be obedient to share the good news, to give a reason for the hope that we have that is within us. Faith, obedience. Faith is, is, is in essence, is loyalty. Obedience is the expression of loyalty, not the proof of it. The expression of obedience. When I, when I take my dog out for a walk, or when I get ready to take my dog out for the walk, I, I tell her to sit. I say, sit, Ebony. I don't put the leash on her until she sits. That obedience, her loyalty to my command. And so we express that. And when she does it, I give her a high five. Because <laughs> I recognize her effort to be obedient is an expression of her loyalty to me as her master. And so is my expression of my faith and my obedience to God an expression of my loyalty to him. And does he see it? Does he receive it? Does he recognize it? Is it done from my part wholeheartedly? Or is it done to check off a box that I need to check off so that I can say I did it? My loyalty. Our works are the natural and inevitable expression of the fidelity that we pledge to our king. In other words, the works that we do after receiving salvation is important. Our works play an important part in, in, our, uh, in our life as Christians, in the, 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 our path and our, our, as, we walk, as we walk this Christian life. Our works are a sign of our obedience. James 2, 17, 18, even so, by, even so faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. Again, we're not talking about salvation. Salvation you cannot get by works. Salvation is a free gift of God. But after we have the salvation, after we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior, then where is our works that proves our faith, our loyalty, our expression of our obedience? Where does that manifest in our lives? How is it seen? How is it visible? And how is it expressed from a heartfelt uh, effort from us to God? Not from us to anybody else, but us to God. And as we allow for God to, uh, to move in our lives, 
Romans 4, 2 and 3 says, For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. <laughs> not in the presence of God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. He, he, his works didn't save him. He believed his faith, his expression, his obedience. And God said, okay, that's a, that's, that works. <laughs> Your works works. <laughs> and I will call that righteous. And that's something that God can do because he is God. Galatians 2.16, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus, even we may have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh will be justified. In other words, again, the, the faith through Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, our commitment and our allegiance to him and our aligning ourselves with him and then once we do that, our efforts and our works that line up with our surrendering to him as our Lord and Savior. Lord, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And that's why I said when we come to Christ, we can still take all of our talents and our gifts. And you, you might have a gift of singing. You might have a gift of playing a musical instrument. You may have a gift of of sales or of business, or you may have a gift of teaching. You may have the gift of, of wisdom or guidance. You might have of counseling. There, there are many different gifts. You may have the gift of and the spiritual gifts of, of helps. And it's taking all of those things and saying, Lord, here it is for you to use. That which you have given me and you have equipped me with. I love teaching. And a part of my gifts is teaching, I hope. <laughs> teaching and sharing the word of God. And I you know, became a pastor and to, to be able to share the word of God and to, to be able to teach. And, I, and I, I love teaching the word of God. I also love teaching about personal growth or, or changing our beliefs and, and moving towards a closer relationship with God. Because even Jesus changed everybody's thinking. When he came onto the scene, he said, okay, fellas, everything's going to change now. What you thought was the way it was supposed to be, not anymore. I have set a new order in place. And it's through that faith in Jesus Christ, even we who have believed in Christ, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ. It's not the works. Works will be held accountable. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. What are the good works that God has prepared for you, for me? To walk in, and to be a part of, and to express my obedience, and express my faith and my loyalty to God. Yeah, I've been a senior pastor at the church. I've been I'm an executive pastor at the church. I have titles from the church. But there's also other things that I do for the church. I've cleaned toilets for the church, for God. I've mopped floors. I've vacuumed. I've done sound. I still do sound. I do videotaping. I, 
it doesn't matter. Because it's all in the workmanship that God has given me. It's all the tasks that he has placed before me and said, do these for me. Because the Bible says that in all that you do, do unto the Lord. And so when I did security work at the high schools, Lord, let me be the best security guy today here at the campus. That let me, let me help the students any way that they can. Because I'm created in Christ Jesus. I'm his workmanship for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Let me express those through my faith, through my obedience, through my loyalty to my King of kings, Lord of lords. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord. You know, we lean on our own understanding. I, I've had a good conversation today with my son-in-law. <laughs> All about being able to challenge our beliefs about church and about spirituality, about Christianity, and about what do I believe and why do I believe it and what, what do I believe that might God might change or or does God see it the same way as I see it or do I see it the same way as he sees it or do I need to change my uh, uh, opinion of it or my awareness of it or my understanding of it see Jesus said I'm going to build my church upon this rock Peter are we willing as denominations are we willing to go all the way to the top of the denominational chart are we willing to go at the local level and say what did Jesus have in mind when he said, I'm going to build my church? And are we in line with that? Are we, are we manifesting the church that Jesus Christ said he was going to build? That this is his church. What does his church look like? What does his church require? What does the interaction of his people require for his church to be his church? <laughs> So you don't trust, don't lean and trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Do not hold on to it so tightly that we, we don't stop to listen or challenge or just say, Lord, I'm not questioning your deity, I'm questioning my understanding of what church is. I mean, we've had to learn to do church differently ever since, you know, March of 2020. And that's okay. Church can be different. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If, if we don't get as much out of a, a, a church uh, experience, this is a church experience. If, if we get less out of this experience today, being on a Bible study on Zoom or whatever, Facebook, going through technology, if we, get, if we get less out of it than if we were live sitting together, but the same word was shared, the same lesson was taught, maybe it's our approach. Maybe it's our willingness to just dig in and allow God to move in our lives. Because maybe this is going to be this way for a while. And I don't know. And maybe we'll do it even after 
<laughs> and I mean, hey, we've been programmed to sit in front of a TV set for hours at a time. <laughs> Maybe we can up-level our faith, lean on God a little bit more or a whole lot more, acknowledge Him in all that we do. John 5, 28, 29, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and will come forth those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to the resurrection of judgment. Wow. That's some serious understanding. <laughs> That's some serious uh, things in the future that are going to take place. Who, who will be on which side of this uh, hearing? Here's his voice. And some will come forth, those who did the good deeds. The good deeds to a resurrection life. And, and again, we can't earn salvation but we can certainly do evil deeds it's a choice that will then lead to a resurrection of judgment and that's something that we have to sort out with God Romans 2 6 through 8 who will render to each person according to his deeds to those who by perseverance in doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life, but to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but who but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. Wow. Challenges our faith. Challenges our position, not our salvation, but it challenges our representation of who does God see me to be in light of my confession of faith in him. Have I pledged my allegiance to him and followed it up and backed it up with good deeds and, and that fruit that resembles the character of God, the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the strength of God, the joy of God? 1 Peter 1, 7, if you address his father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, conduct, yourself, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay on earth. Wow. If you address his father, if you call him father, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have been allowed to call him Abba, Father. By the confession of our mouth of accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And, and because of that, we are his children, according to Scripture. And so we can address him as Father. So if we address him as Father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, he will set aside. There will be an account given by every word that we speak and everything that we do and have done. and We'll give an account. And he's saying... Be aware during this time of your stay on earth. <laughs> it's like, enjoy your stay. Welcome to earth. <laughs> I'm waiting for God to put a sign up. Uh, Y'all have 30 days to evacuate. I've got somebody interested in the property. <laughs> uh, I've seen that on a piece of paper. 
Do you address the Father as the Father? Wow. See, when we're talking about faith as obedience and we're talking about works, we're, we're not talking about obtaining salvation through works. But for those who try to seek salvation through works, this is the question that they ask is, is this all I have to do? With the mindset of, oh, I can check that off the box. But if you're living your allegiance to God, if your salvation, if your faith in him is based on the grace of God, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, if our allegiance is our whole heart, soul, and body, and we've given unto him, our question is, what else can I do for you, Lord? What else can I do? So the question of what is faith? What does it mean to you? I hope that we can share that with others. I hope that it has transformed and given us insight. And then, yes, we can live out some of these other examples. Living by faith is fellowshipping with God all throughout the day, seeking to please Him in all you do. Hebrews 11:5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For he, before he was taken, he had his testimony that he pleased and he walked with God. As you walk with God. Walk by faith and not by sight. An expression of your allegiance to him that is evident in our lives and visible for all to see. Let me pray. Father, I thank you again for our opportunity to share your word, Lord. I thank you for all that you are and all that you do. Come before you tonight, Father. I pray that our faith would be strengthened. Our allegiance to you would be at a higher level of commitment that our intimacy with you would be refreshing and that we would be able to share you with every person that crosses our path whether we said anything or not that there would be a a recognition or a, a drawing in of your presence from my life to those who walk past me. Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. I lift up those that are in need of medical and, and healing touches tonight, Lord. I pray that you would would answer their call and their cry to you, Lord. As you are the great physician, lift up those who have experienced loss in their life today, Lord. I lift up those who might be confused or depressed 
or sad or angry. Father, I pray that you would touch them, that you would make your presence known, and that you would be pleased with us all. Father, I ask you to do these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Hey, good night. Uh, let me give you, I think that's our website. Um, check us out on our website. And uh, other than that, we'll see you on Wednesday. Not Wednesday. We'll see you on Sunday, 1045. All right. God bless. Take care.